Today's guest is the mother of two young sons, age five and three, and as we all know, that is a full-time job. She's a two-time Mississippi State Women's Am champion. She played at Mississippi State for four years, where her teams made it to the NCAA championships. In her junior year, it was the first time in school history, and actually for any school in the state of Mississippi in college in Division I, to make it to the national championships. They also did it her senior year, where they had a top 10 finish as a team, and she was just medalist at the U.S. Mid-Am qualifier at Houston Country Club, making it to the USGA Mid-Am, Women's Mid-Am now for two years in a row. And let's welcome Mary Langdon Hardman to the podcast. Mary, welcome. Thanks, Dad. Well, thanks, Dad. Of course, thanks, Dad. Well, it's all you've always been a competitive person who's an amazing mother, uh, wife, and it just happens to be my oldest of the four children. And I want our listeners to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Hear firsthand some of your stories growing up, follow me around the tour, playing other sports, and, and of course, your golf career and, and traveling the PGA Tour, like I said, with uh, your mom, your sister, and your sisters and your brother. So kind of a full, uh, full-time job for, for your mom, but uh, you know that uh, very well. But I was playing full-time golf when you were born, and your mother and I just grabbed you, and we headed off to the PGA Tour, and we went all over the world and traveled some pretty cool places but what are some of your early memories as life as a PGA Tour kid? Oh, that's kind of hard. Um, man, we had so many fun trips. Uh, I think most of the time, I just remember where daycare was. Uh, not as much where the tournament was held. But getting to go to Hawaii was fun one year. It's always your birthday. How about I know. that? Yeah, how many kids get to have a birthday party there four or five years in a row? And we cooked, we went to have hibachi there. I remember that. Yeah. Fell out of my seat. <laughs> um, gosh. I remember the pineapple's really good, and I didn't even like pineapple, but I ate fruit there for the first time. Was that one of the coolest places you remember as, as a young child? Of course, you went over as an adult, or not an adult, but an older, uh, probably teenager and all. But was that one of the coolest places you think you've been to? Probably not. I'm trying to think. It's kind of hard. My, I have mom brain so <laughs> it's hard to remember a lot of things maybe bush gardens bush gardens yeah we that did was that. a fun one yeah, you went to museums your mom always would take you out there and then we had thomas a couple years later uh he joined us out on the tour uh but like like you said the daycare was somewhere special and as you got older you got to make some cool friends and you remember some of those friends early on that maybe you can keep in touch with now absolutely um it's funny you say that we have a facebook group page um and it's called pga tour kids unite and uh with the description, it talks about playing elevator tag and doing trick-or-treat in the hotels and uh, playing at the beach, quote-unquote, was actually sand traps while y'all are doing your practice rounds. <laughs> so just some fun things like that. Room service, we always thought was free. Uh, now we know it's not with kids. So <laughs> there's some fun. There's some. We keep up a lot. A lot of us uh, still kind of chat. Um but as we've grown grown older, it's just easier to look at pictures and stuff like that. Did you all even pay attention to what your dads were playing? Or did we have to make the cut so you could stay in daycare longer? You had to make the cut. I remember we would, Dakota Glasson and I would always get on there and check the scores to see how y'all are doing to see if we'd get to go on the field trip on Saturday if y'all made the cut. So what was daycare like? I mean, you just they took you on some field trips, especially when you got older. That had to be kind of cool. You'd go to some pretty cool places. Oh, yeah. Um, I will say it was so... 
wonderful looking at it from a mom's perspective. The same ladies would keep us every single week wherever we traveled. Um, so I guess they were employed by the PGA Tour. Yep. Um, and so we would do our schoolwork there, and they would help us um, with whatever we needed. But we'd also get to play and have a good time. So we got to hang out with the same kids pretty much every week for the whole year. What you don't remember is we went over to the uh, what is now the Open was the British Open then we went to uh, Muirfield and your mom and I were staying right there at the the hotel right at the golf course it was such a cool place and every night we wanted to go to dinner and Hell Irwin kept you Davis Love the third kept you of course Davis let you fall off the bed uh, which we always tease him about to, to this day but they went to Austria the next week so things you wouldn't really remember because you were so small. Uh, and you were really the only of the four that got to travel the world a uh, couple tournaments we went to. But uh, tell us about you growing up. And, and I, I mean, I, of course, I know the story, but uh, you played so many sports. What was your first love of sports when you were playing growing up? And be honest. Um, it was soccer, actually. Um, I think I fell in love with it when we, I guess you and mom had signed me up to go to Ole Miss soccer camp. Um, and I had so much fun. We all got in a car together when we were in Greenwood, a bunch of kids were going and we went to Oxford that day. And I think I ended up getting the flu maybe after it. And some of the girls from the team were going to maybe a concert at the church or they had something in Greenwood at our church at North Greenwood. Um, and they found out that I lived across the street and they came and visited me. And I thought that was so cool. And I was like, man, I would love to play soccer like that. Yeah, and you played basketball, of course. And, of and, course. And, and all the other sports. You played golf. But, okay, though you can be honest with us, and I know I put you on the spot there, but did, did, you never, did you ever feel like we kind of forced you to play, or did you kind of want to do it on your own? And, and why did you, you know, kind of, what kind of got you interested in golf compared to all the other team sports, golf being such an individual sport? No, I never felt forced by y'all. Um, I always thought it was so much fun to get to do it as a family. We would go to church Sunday mornings, have lunch, and then in the afternoon we'd all, six of us would go out um, and play. And I thought that was always so neat. Uh, I told Caleb today, actually, while we were playing with the boys, I remember growing up and you and mom always sticking it like, you know, an inch from the hole. And I'd be like, golly, I want to do that one day. But um, it wasn't at that time and I'd get so frustrated. So... I want to say maybe my first tournament was maybe like a Greenwood Invitational mm -hmm. or something like that. And the uh, problem you had is you played soccer in the summer, basketball all year round, so you that was good. But did playing those team sports help you, uh, or how much did they help you? What kind of effects did they have on your golf later on? I know we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but what was the importance of playing those other sports and not just focusing on one? I think it taught me how to be a team player. Um, I think it also taught me how to be self-motivated in a lot of ways that um, in golf, it's an individual sport, whether you play on the team or not, uh, you're the only one that can control the ball, who hits the ball, you know, where the ball goes, all that thing, all those things. So when you mess up, that's on you. It's not on your team. So you have to dig deep um, and figure that out. So that helped me a lot um, with like team sports, I would be able to control what I could control. Um, and if I could calm down, I felt like, you know, maybe my team could calm down, you know, we wouldn't freak out and stuff like that. But Did that help you in golf? Being able to kind of calm yourself down in the team sports? Totally. Help you in golf? Totally. I think so. I think, uh, being able to control my emotions, um, was, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it had to, I mean, yeah. I you know, you said you were serious about soccer, and you had some injuries there, and the doctor finally just said, you know, soccer's out. 
and you really didn't, you know, kind of get serious until you got later on in high school. And you played a few junior tournaments here and there, maybe the state junior and all that. But one of the cool moments was before that you were kind of just kind of getting into the competitive golf and you're playing at the state am and you got paired against your mom in the match play. Now she's won 12 state ams. <laughs> she was the hall of famer, Mississippi sports hall of fame, golf hall of fame, everything hall of fame. And you get paired with her that, that round, I think it was the first round, uh, and you get paired against her. Can you tell us a few stories about that? Of course, I was on the bag. I could tell the stories, but I want to hear it from your point of view. What was that like for you going up against someone who's taught you the game in your mom? Were you able to separate that? And I mean, how? what were the challenges that day? Yes. Okay, so we're at Clarksdale Country Club, I believe, mm-hmm. and you were caddying for me, and I truly believed I could beat her. Like, I truly believed I could beat her. And you were I, how old then? Maybe 14? Maybe. maybe? Yeah. I was like, I'm going to beat her. I can do this. And um, <laughs> I remember getting up there, and I hung I hung with her for a while. We went extra holes, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, two or three extra holes. Two extra holes. Yeah. Um, and when she finally beat me, I was so mad. I was like, there's no way. I think that kind of motivated me and showed me that I, I could play. Um, I was capable enough to play. Um, but it gave you the confidence to be up and to go up. And I think it kind of energized you to kind of maybe say, maybe I want to do this. There's a story and this is a pretty funny story. There were times out there, I think we're in the 11th hole and your mom actually hit one of your clubs and Oh yes. hit hit one of your clubs. So she loses the hole instead of making a big deal out of, I just kind of told everybody, Hey, just knock it close and just make everybody think you beat her. And I think it kind of rattled your mom because it was hard for her. Uh, and, and she would tell you that and playing against your daughter or someone you loved and, and, and wanted to do well and knew how important it was for you to just what you just said, kind of get involved and feel like you could play in, in that number. But I remember it was on 16 or 17. I made the comment, it might have been even earlier than that, is I made the comment that your mom had about a three-footer or four-footer. And I said, you know, you said, should I give it to her? I said, no, we'll make her putt. And I said, you know, she never misses one of these. And she missed it. <laughs> and she thought I was playing games, head games. And I really wasn't. And on the last hole, I remember coming down there. I know this story's getting long. She's over her putt from about four feet to beat you. And a giant St. Bernard runs yes. across the green, dives into the lake, <laughs> makes all this racket. And she misses it. And we go into extra holes. But uh, I just remember when we were finished and I told your mom, I said, so do you want me to caddy for you tomorrow? She goes, no, I don't want to see you ever again. <laughs> she was so mad at me, but we were so proud of you. And I, and I think that did inspire you uh, to go out there at a, a young age. As you said, you really didn't come up to me until I guess it was your junior year. And you just said, hey, I want to play college golf. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I think actually it was my sophomore year. Okay. Um, we had just got done playing at a basketball tournament or a basketball game in Jackson, Mississippi against Jackson Academy. And I don't think I got to play or something like that. And I was so sad. And I was like, you know what? I don't see this in my future. I'd love to play college golf. And I remember you saying, hey, I think everyone has signed. Like, I think you're going to have to work really, really hard. I don't think I've ever broken 90 at that point. Mm-mm, like. No. I had to work. You said you have to work extremely hard because people are signing at this point, and it may have been freshman year. Um, but I remember working my tail off for two summers. Um, Do you remember how I motivated you? Five dollars around nine yeah. holes. Can you tell that story? So you, most it was kids, all, it was all legal, all legal <laughs> before nil and all that other stuff. Most kids have summer jobs. Most kids have jobs. So 
you had said, I will pay you minimum wage for every hour you practice. No, I didn't say minimum wage. I did you not? That. I said, I'll go pay you $5, five dollars for nine. I thought it was minimum wage. No, well, five dollars <laughs> for minimum wage. Yeah, but $5 for nine, $10 for 18, you had to keep track of it. Yes. And if you went out and hit balls for 30 minutes, we, we gave you, accounted for $5. And, and you doubled what I had saved if, if I broke, broke 80, 80. Yep. and, and then, then 75. Yep, doubled it again. And then par. Yep, doubled it again. And I did all those things in one summer. And it was about three or $4,000. Yes. So <laughs> be careful when you pay your kids because you will pay. But it, but it got you kind of motivated. And it also was like an allowance. I'm not, you know, I heard a buddy of mine who was a club pro back in Indiana had told his daughters that. And they, and they all played college golf. And, and he was just like, hey... I'll do the same thing. I just thought it was a brilliant idea. Not that we were trying to force you, but it kind of taught you as like, hey, if I do this, I can get paid for this. This is kind of fun. It's like an allowance. It gave you a kind of a goal to reach for it. And, and like you said, you, you finally broke 70. Uh, and now you go into your junior year uh, in high school. You get to your senior year. I can't remember if you committed then. Yeah, you had committed your senior year uh, to play at Mississippi State. And, and how cool was that? Do you remember that, that time when you signed, that day you signed? It was uh, almost like a dream. I remember sitting in class and they called me and we actually had two people. It was me and another girl, one of my best friends, to sign for D1 sports in the SEC. And I thought that was so neat, but they called me from class because it was my time to sign. And I was standing there with my basketball coach and all my friends and y'all were there and my siblings. And I was just like, wow, you know, like if you work hard, anybody can do this. I mean, like I had not broken 90 two years before, two years before and now I was about to play Division One SEC golf. Pretty cool story. You played on the boys' team, too, because there wasn't a girls' team. What was that like? That had to be challenging at times, a little intimidating. What advice do you have? I know we don't have to get into all the stories about it. What advice do you have for some of those young girls who might be out there that they don't have a girls' team and they do have to play against the boys? I mean, what advice do you have for them uh, going up against them and, and to kind of keep them from getting too frustrated? So, like we talked about, Golf being an individual sport, it challenges you to do the best you absolutely can do. Um, I remember playing, and they had moved us back for me to play the blue tees one year because I was playing with the boys, and there was no way I could hit it that far. Um, but I went out there, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to hit every fairway I can hit, and I'm going to try to reach every green that I can reach in regulation and two-putt um, to make pars. And for maybe those little girls that are playing that do have to play on the boys' team, it was so much fun. Um, I had a great guys team. They're all so nice to me, but it challenged me and it pushed me because they were a lot better than I was. Um, so I knew that if I was going to compete, I was going to have to work a little bit harder than they did. And I was going to have to play smarter, Mm. not hit the ball further, but I was going to have to hit it as straight as I possibly could. And, you know, every fairway, every green and try to two putt to make those pars. And what we did, and I was really a big advocate for this to kind of, you know, get, we wanted more kids to play, and this had nothing to do with competition other than we wanted young girls to feel like they could. We didn't have the opportunity to offer them on a, a spot on a girls' team. So we went with a 10% rule, meaning that the girls would play at 10% difference in yardages. So say the boys are playing at 6,600, 10% of that, the girls would play about 6,000, which was very long in high school. Sometimes they didn't always play the boys that far back. And so that's when you all had a little bit of an advantage when they played it too short for the boys uh, and, and the girls had the short distance, but it was fair. They did it in the PGA of America, does it with their club pros. And, and, and we were trying to just grow the game. And I think it did because at your age, kids, there were probably four or five girls that ended up playing D1 uh, from Mississippi, which was kind of cool. And that's kind of the things how things started. 
but uh, you know you make that signing day and everything's cool you head off to Mississippi State but before you go there that summer you're playing the state am I think it was at reunion and you're playing against uh, Virginia Grimes who's one of the top amateurs in the country been on multiple Curtis Cup teams was a Curtis Cup captain as well and just one of the best players in the country do you remember that week and and what it was like playing against someone that was I wouldn't say your idol but someone you really looked up to yeah so leading up to that I had to play a teammate I think going into that I had to beat her um and when I found out that I was going to be in the finals I was so nervous um and mom caddied for me and my grandfather so mom's dad had said like you can beat her you can do it and I was like yeah I'm hitting it good I just finished you know high school golf I'm ready um and I truly did believe I could beat her but then in the back of my mind I was like no way this girl is good <laughs> she has won not only I think she had already won the Mississippi Amateur Stadium like a couple times. Alabama several times yes and like very well-known Uh, amateur player throughout the country Um, but I get up on the first tee and I'm playing great and I end up getting up a few holes and I almost closed out on like 16 at one point Um, I missed a putt so we kept going Um, and then I guess we were on 18 and I made a pretty good long putt to beat her Uh, what'd you tell yourself there what did that what did beating someone like that what kind of confidence did that give you you talked about playing against your mom and it gave you the confidence that you could play at that level now you've won a mississippi state am and you go up you know kind of the against one of the best in the country what kind of confidence did they give you it was definitely an out-of-body experience um i was so ready sorry little william came in he did um i was i was ready to play college golf i knew that if i could compete and play head-to-head with one of the best in the country as an amateur player um, I could do it. I could make some trips. That was my goal at Mississippi State is just to make some trips um, because I knew that these girls were good, that I was going to play against D1, you know, SEC golf. That's what the SEC, I mean, that's a big deal. But it gave me the confidence to know that my game was at the level it, it could be and I had all the room to improve too. We talked about team sports and you hit on it a little bit in high school. How did that help you make that adjustment to college golf, which is – an individual sport, but still it's a team sport. How did team sports help you once you got to Mississippi State for those four years? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I just was able to make friends with my, my teammates, I think. I think mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing. I think when you have um, your friends and you're driving and everything is good, your team performs. So even though there's competition amongst you as as teammates uh when your team is happy and everybody is getting along and all those things you play well together like you encourage each other um almost like a sisterhood in a way uh but I think my team sports just taught me how to be friends with everybody um and how to encourage each teammate whether they were beating me so bad or I beat them that you know whatever qualifying round, but to be able to encourage each of them so that our team could be the best. We're going to get into sisterhood with the Chi Omega sorority, which you were a member of. Of course, <laughs> that's your big thing, but I think that really was a big influence. But how do you separate, say you're playing against one of your teammates for that last spot, and, and there's kids out there going to be going through that this fall and in and, and, and their future. How are you able to separate the teammate or even a roommate for that matter, and you're playing against them? I mean, you didn't have to do it because your roommates weren't on the golf team, but how did you separate? Like, yeah, I'm pulling from my team, but I really want to be on that trip. 
Well, um, I just wanted to beat him as bad as I could. I mean, I'm super competitive, but when you finish that last putt and it is over, it is over. You can't bring that home with you. You can't be mad at them. Like, um, I missed a trip my senior year, the only trip I'd missed my entire career. I never wanted my team to do bad. I still wanted them to win that tournament when they went to Hawaii. So I knew that I had to separate maybe my, you know, upset feelings that I had to be able to cheer them on. Um, But when you're going head to head, I mean, like you have to give it everything you've got because you're also pushing your other teammate to do the best too. And we talked about the Chi Omega sorority. And that was one of the things your mom and I talked about to you and Kathleen, who both played college golf. She played at LSU and, and even for Elizabeth, and we wanted you all to have friends because college to us was about being with friends. And I'll be honest with you, at Tennessee when I was there, I didn't probably meet five to ten people outside the athletic department that I was friends with. And I missed out on that, and I wish I would have met more people, and that's you know something I can't do now. Uh, but we thought it was real important, for, and it was easier for you because you knew people at Mississippi State. But one of the things that... I think really was as special as the grade point average requirements at the sorority were higher than the athletic requirements and the, all the philanthropy and all the, the, all the great things and charity that y'all did and were involved with. But what was it, what did it mean to have those girls when you came home from a trip and you went back to the, the Chi Omega house, what was it like for you to have friends like that that were separate from golf? Oh, that makes me so teary because it was the most special time of my four years. Um, My house mom, Mama Jones, loved golf. And I was on the poster for our team poster for Mississippi State. She had it hanging right when you walked in the door. And anytime I came home from a trip, no matter what time it was, I had one of my sorority sisters would meet me in the parking lot to help me bring my bags in. And Mama Jones would have dinner ready for me in a to-go box sitting in the um, dining room and and just being able to, uh, they didn't care what I shot, you know? They were like, how'd it go? Did you have fun? Where'd y'all go? They were just glad that I was back home. Um, and I felt at home there. Uh, it was the most special memories I have. My my roommate, like, holds every scoring uh, forward position, whatever, for soccer at Mississippi State. So, I mean, like, we would come home at all hours, and we would just be welcomed with open arms from all of our sorority sisters um, and all the girls that lived in the house. It was just a phenomenal experience, and I I truly encourage everyone to go through Rush, even playing sports. I know it's different with coaches and stuff, but it truly taught me and helped me so much. How were you able to balance that life, golf, school, all those things, because that's one of the things that coaches don't want. They And, to, and even in... Now, even after you've been in school, it's a full-time job. You know that. I mean, your mornings are workouts. Go to class. Try to get something to eat. Go qualify. Practice. Come back. Study hall. How were we able to balance all that? Make fantastic grades like you do. Play at a high level and still have the social life. How were you able to balance that? Because that's important, I think, for any college kid. Otherwise, the sport can become like a job, and you want it to be enjoyable as well. That's a... I asked a lot of tough questions. No, that's, that is tough. Um, well, sorority, uh, came second to golf, no doubt. And they knew that, um, that was, they knew that up front that golf would come first. That's why I was in school. I mean, of course to get a degree, but to perform, um, and to do well, they knew that they, 
that I would be at practice and I would miss a lot of the things like that. Um, and that took a lot of pressure off of me mm. not to have to be at every function for my sorority stuff. Um, but uh, they were all so helpful and they let me do the things that like the swaps and the date parties, even if I was late, um, it was no big deal. Um, but being able to balance it, I, I needed an outlet mm-hmm. from golf and I needed friends. Um, so I was able to get up, work out, go to class, go to practice. And then I got to come home and just be in the sorority house and, be calm and relax and not have to think about golf again. I don't know how I separated it all, but I did it somehow. <laughs> yeah, you sure did. And, and you finished up. And, and You talked about your team. First couple of years were a struggle. Uh, and then your junior year, y'all have a great finish at the SECs. You get to the regionals. You make it through at Oklahoma and off to the nationals. What was that feeling like knowing you were the first team, not only at Mississippi State, in women's golf to make it to the NCAAs, but anyone in the state, Ole Miss hadn't won their national championship yet. Southern hadn't been there. What was that feeling like knowing, hey, we've made it to the nationals in my junior year. This is so cool. Oh, it was awesome. Even if we finished dead last, we were still like, what, top 20 in the country? Mm -hmm. You know, like, I was just glad to be there. It was something, when we started my freshman year, I think we were dead last in the country. And to be able to compete with the UCLA's and the USC's and Alabama. I mean, Alabama, I think, had just won the year before. The LSU's, they had won, I think, my senior year of high school. Like, all these incredible schools. Well, we deserved it. We worked hard. We made it on our own, you know. So being able to be there, it was a surreal moment. But also, it was sweet for me because both of y'all had played in NCAAs. Sure did. And then the next year, y'all make it in, in top ten. Had a great finish. Uh, I believe that was in Oklahoma. Again, something about Oklahoma, Mississippi State was working out well. Uh, y'all finished, I think, sixth or seventh in the NCAAs, uh, and you played pretty well to the last day, but your, your, your college career is over. When you look back at that experience, was it worth all the time and effort you put into it to, to you know, not sacrifice, but when you sit back, hey, my first year I was, like, intimidated, and then all of a sudden we finished top ten. I mean, what was that feeling like when it was all th- – said and done how would you describe that whole experience for those four years it was totally worth it there you go it was totally worth it 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 helped me so much with my job later on just the adversities um that college golf throws at you you know like uh balancing your time um playing bad one round but having to wake up the next morning to finish your second round and that kind of stuff um I wouldn't trade it for the world. All the experience was absolutely unbelievable. How did it help you in your interview? Because you became a pharmaceutical rep in your first interview. You're still in school. And, and you <laughs> go and yeah. interview for a job, which you get, and still had to take finals before you went and prepared. But how did college golf help you in those interviews? And then, like you, you just mentioned, in your job? Um, self-motivation. Sales, mm. you have to self-motivate. Um, and in my interview, I was a little nervous, but I had been in some bigger situation than that than I thought. So what did I have to lose? Um, when I went in there, I was like, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to do my best. I try to answer the questions the best I can. I didn't have a lot of sales experience, actually none. Um, so I was like, okay, I have nothing to prove here. I can just go in there, answer what I need to answer and do as well as I can. And if I don't get it, you know what? It's like playing a bad round. I'll go Mm -hmm. try to interview somewhere else the next time. Well, something I missed before you got the job is 
another state am, your second state amateur championship, you play against your younger sister, Kathleen, who I believe was a senior in high school. Uh, you're in college, finished up college. You're, you know, four years of experience, and you're in the finals against Cat. Can you remember that day? Because I remember sitting on the sidelines and everybody go, who are you cheering for? I said, I'm staying out of this one. Uh, <laughs> and, and you played phenomenal, but do you remember that day? I think I waxed her. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I wish she was here to defend herself, but I waxed her. But you did. You played well. And poor cat, it, she never got frustrated much, but she was slapping balls off the greens and the bunkers. And she's just, <laughs> you got to her. She just couldn't figure it out. She goes, she never plays like this, but you did. You played so great. But do you remember, obviously, you separated it pretty easily, separating, cheering for your sister, but then trying to beat her at the same time <laughs> because you were pretty merciful on him. Not very merciful on her, I should say. Um, well, I knew if I didn't get up on her, she would absolutely cream me. Yeah. So I had to beat her first. That was basically my whole game plan. It's because she is an incredible player and always has been. And I feel like she was my biggest competition because she was one, if I kind of hung back, she'd kind of slip through. And next thing I know, I'd wake up and I'm sitting at home crying because I lost. Yeah, you didn't want to lose. That's no. the difference. That's what I told when we got in. Did you, 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 you said, I feel so bad. I beat her. And I said, did you want to lose? Well, no. Well, then you go <laughs> out and beat her. So, But we go into that. You, you had that job. You get married. You started a family. And you golf kind of put back on the back burner. Uh, and then last year, you didn't really play much golf in between. But last year... Your mother talked you into trying to qualify for the Mid-Am, U.S. Mid, Women's Mid-Am, and you make it out of Houston Country Club. You hadn't played competitive golf in five, six years. Do you remember that first tee and that experience? Hey, I'm a mom of two. I've got a full-time job there. I've already had a full-time job. Do you remember standing on the first tee, what was, that was like? Oh, I'll never forget it because my hands were shaking so bad that I snap-hooked it left almost out of bounds. And I remember before I went in there, Mom was like, hey, this is not college golf. This is fun. These are mamas. These are people that, you know, ladies that have been working too. They haven't been playing much. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I think I doubled the first hole. and To settle you down? Uh, no. Yeah. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm not coming out here, and I'm not going to shoot 80. And I made like a 35-footer to shoot 79. And you make it on the nose, and you head down to South Carolina Hilton Head, and you talk your mom into caddying. And you make it to match play, which was pretty cool. I mean, this is someone you hadn't played competitive golf. And I remember you calling me and you, you got waxed pretty bad. But you're only like two <laughs> over. terrible. You, you're only like two over. She goes, Dad, I'm two over. And I got beat seven and six. And some days you got beat. But, you know, what was You said it was so much fun. Were you glad you got back into doing that last year and, and playing? Was that as much fun as you thought it would be? I think it was more, more fun. Okay. I got to see all my, high, or all my college uh, girlfriends I played golf against. So I bet I played... In that tournament, I bet four or five of them, we all had graduated around the same time, and I hadn't talked to them or seen them. And, of course, we're all married now, so I didn't know anybody's last name and stuff. Mm. But when I saw them on the first tee, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's so good to see you, you know, getting to catch up. Um, is that one of the things you really loved about college golf is meeting people, and now you've got to see them again? Maybe now that's because of golf, but is that one of the things you take out of college golf is the friendships you made, not only on your team, but all over the, the country? Absolutely. I knew early on I, I did not want to go professional. I knew I wanted to get married and have kids and, and go down that route and play like mom did, you know, win some stadiums, that kind of deal. But I wanted to get to meet as many people from as many different schools as I possibly could. And I feel like I did that. I met some pretty awesome girls. You all right? 
So you take another year off, basically. <laughs> you haven't played. We used to tease you, and, and you would go to VJ Trolio, who's a big part of this podcast, and the reason we do it, wrote the book Only One Shot, and get that available on uh, Amazon. Uh, he's a teaching professional at Old Waverly. Tim Yelverton uh, as well, short game. He teaches tour players and all those great success. But they would tease you. You would show up like the day or two before a tournament, and they go, you got a tournament to play in. Uh, <laughs> you've got another qualifier. We just finished up with that. Uh, what's it like when you go out there knowing you hadn't played any? You feel like you prepared a little bit. I mean, what's it like to get back in there? And then you were medalist on top of that at Houston Country Club, which you do love. Uh, you were just medalist there. Uh, what's that What's that like? You know, you got a chance to go now to your second U.S. women's mid-am. I think all those years of hitting balls and practicing and doing those drills with Tim and VJ um, to get ready just – I don't, I don't know if the foundation of my swing, I don't know what would be the right terminology. Terminology clearly I've been out of it for so long. Um, but it was just like riding a bike. So I knew if I just hit a couple balls before the tournament, I'd be okay. Um, and if I could make sure in my mind that my game plan was to set a number as a goal and to hit the greens, you know, fairways, greens, two putt, um, I'd be good. I mean, 79 made it last year. So if I could shoot at least that, I would be okay. Um, what advice do you have the moms or, or people listening? Maybe some of their husbands are listening. They want their wife to kind of maybe get back into it. What advice do you have for them to maybe go try to qualify or to just play a couple state ams here and there to get to playing something they maybe did in college and they hadn't been able to do because of family life or a job? Get a babysitter and go. Um, one of the girls I played with this week, actually, this was her first USGA event to ever try to qualify in. Um, I mean, like we're about to have a play date. She's from 30 minutes down the road. I mean, you get to meet more moms and you get to see that it is fun. There's no pressure. No one's going to take away your house. No one's going to take away your food. You know, like it's not like your scholarship's going to disappear. You just get to go out there, relax. You're not at work. You're not watching kids. You're not having to make dinner. You know, you just get to have fun and, and kind of have like a girl's day in a way. Absolutely. You've got a son, Tommy. He's five. William's three. I mean, you get them out on the golf course. What advice do you have for those young mom and dads, maybe getting their kids started? And what has it been like for you uh, to get your kids started and seeing what you did as, a, a, I guess, a junior golfer, and now you're the mom doing what your mother did? Just get them out there. I mean, Mine are wild. We uh, told them they couldn't watch TV for a week the last time we went out there. So they um, lost their minds. They lost their minds. Uh, they were loud, but you, um, I don't think realize, or I didn't realize how much you and mom had taught us. I guess before we went out there, golf was always life for us. That was your career, so we didn't know any different. Um, but for my boys, they only go out to the golf course when their dad's off work on the weekend. So. I have to teach them that you can't yell and you can't run and those kind of things. But it's so fun to watch them hit the ball and the excitement uh, when they make contact and they hit it the farthest they've hit it and uh, being able to put it even if it takes 20 times. It's just so much fun and it's just time that you can't take back, that you get to enjoy them uh, maybe with your phones up. Uh, no TV, no distractions. It's just you and your family out there. Times you'll always have for sure. Well, Mary Lane, we know you're busy. We've got some boys out there watching TV because they did not lose their minds today on the golf course. They did a great <laughs> job with that, by the way. Tommy, William, great job 
but remember, whether in life or golf, you may uh, only have one shot. you got to make it count. Mary Landon sure is. Uh, good luck when you head down to Naples. When do you go down to Naples for our listeners and kind of keep up with you? It's September 17th through the 22nd. And it's at uh, Fiddlesticks, the USGA Women's Mid-Am, uh, and it'll be fun to kind of keep up with you. I know maybe your mom's going to get back on the bag. Uh, she's pretty good little caddy. Of course, she's got the caddy uh, bragging rights now because she got you through. I didn't get cat quite through there, but uh, we appreciate you spending some time with her. We're proud of you, not because of your success at golf, because of the person, the mom, the wife you are. Uh, we love you, and we appreciate you being on there with us. Thanks for having me. All right, we want to thank Steve Azar for allowing us to use his music and get your copy, as we mentioned earlier, of Only One Shot. That's by VJ Trollio, the teaching professional at Old Waverly Golf Club, and that's available on Amazon. Until next time, we appreciate you being with us. Thanks. I said one Mississippi, there's a magnolia tree. Two Mississippi, where a mockingbird sings out on his limb. Whistling that sweet soul for him. Mississippi to this land called home I'll breathe Mississippi till I'm